The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed upon him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to Jesus, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord.
Brothers and sisters, it's a great joy to be with you all here, and I want to thank Father Johnson for his kind welcome, and, uh, and all of you, as I've experienced your welcome over the last couple of days. Um, as Father said, I travel a lot, um, mostly going around the country and doing conferences for clergy and trying to help them to better accompany suffering people in the church, which has also been a great joy. And, uh, but when I'm home, I'm home here. And I thank you all for that. In the gospel reading today, there's two different healings that take place. And so there's the synagogue official who has a daughter who's at the point of death and who goes to Jesus asking him to heal his daughter. And his daughter is about 12 years old. And then there's this other woman who has had this hemorrhage for 12 years. Like for the entire lifetime of the synagogue official's daughter. And she goes to the Lord and she touches the hem of his garment and she's healed. And the crowds who witness this are astounded at what they see. Right? They're astounded at what they see. And as I was reflecting on the gospel reading for today, I was astounded as well. But the thing that astounded me more was that these two people went to the Lord and asked him to heal them. Like they went to the Lord and asked him for healing. Which is kind of astounding because... I've always been really bad at going to the Lord and asking him to heal me. And a lot of people in the church, they're kind of bad at going to the Lord and asking for healing. It could be a physical illness. It could be a spiritual sickness. It could be a specific sin that somebody's stuck in over and over and over and over and over again. And I'll ask them, have you asked Jesus to heal that in you? Uh, not specifically. Why? Why don't we ask our Lord for what we need? And the answers to that question can vary. Some people don't ask the Lord for what they need because they just believe that everybody else's problems are worse than theirs. Father, my life's not that bad. You know, all these other people, like, they have a really hard time, and I have this one friend, and they had a child who died, and I have this other friend who has cancer, and I have this other friend who went through all this abuse. My problems aren't that bad. They need prayers, not me. So I pray for everybody else, but I don't pray for myself. As if to say that Jesus has a finite amount of love, and a finite amount of grace, and a finite amount of healing, and we're somehow going to take away from somebody else by asking for something for ourselves. You know, another reason we don't ask him for help can be feelings of unworthiness. A sense that somehow I deserve this burden that I have in my life. 
Father, I deserve to be in a miserable marriage because once time in my life I was kind of promiscuous and now I need to be in this miserable marriage to make up for the fact that I was a sinner once. Yuck. That's not what our Lord came into the world for. Or sometimes because we've been suffering for something for a really long, with something for a really long time, we come to the conclusion that Jesus just doesn't want to help us and it's useless to ask. And maybe life is just supposed to be this way. Like God created the world for suffering and I'm just supposed to suffer in this world. And if I do that really well, then when I die, I'll get this reward. And all those things are distorted ways of thinking about our Lord. In the Book of Wisdom, in the first reading, we read that God did not make death, and he doesn't rejoice in the destruction of the living. God didn't intend that our lives be filled with misery. He didn't intend that our lives be filled with suffering. He didn't intend that our lives be filled with sickness. God formed man to be imperishable. The image of his own, in the image of his own nature, he made him. But the envy of the devil, by the envy of the devil, death entered the world. That all the suffering we endure, all the pain we endure, the sins that we stay stuck in, they're the result of sin. They can be the result of our personal sin, they can be the result of sins that have been committed against us. But it's not the way that God intended things. And Jesus Christ entered into the world to restore things to the way they were supposed to be. And more. To restore things to the way that they were supposed to be. In the second reading, we read that the gracious act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor. So that by his poverty you could become rich. God entered into a suffering world in order to transform it. Jesus came to heal what was wounded, to restore us to life, to bring joy where there was sorrow, to give us everything that we need. And perhaps even to give us the things that we should have received but didn't because of the sins of others. That's our faith. That's the gospel that we believe in. And so when our Lord, in today's readings, he finds himself on the seashore and these people start coming to him. Jairus comes to him and his daughter's at the point of death, but he won't accept that. And he's willing to go to any length in order to find healing. As a synagogue official, he's probably a little bit nervous about going to Jesus because the rest of the people in the synagogue keep talking about what a problem Jesus is. But his desire is to go to any length to bring healing. 
He won't accept things as they are. Even after his daughter has died, he still doesn't give up on the fact that our Lord can do anything. This woman with hemorrhages, she's been to doctors over and over and over again. It says she suffered at the hands of many doctors, but never was made well. She could have easily fallen into that same distortion we do, that, well, I guess this is just how life is. There's no hope of getting better. There's no hope of being healed. There's no hope of being restored. This is just how life is. And we say that a lot. Somebody could be going through really a hard time and we say to them, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Uh, it is what it is. Right? It is what it is is kind of like saying, well, my life's just supposed to suck. Instead of being able to receive care from others. And this woman doesn't have that attitude. Instead, she goes and says, if I only touch his cloak, I can be healed. If I just reach for him, I'm confident that he can restore me. And she does. And he does. She feels the power go out from him. You know, in our own lives, first and foremost, our first priority has to be our own healing. It has to be our own restoration, our own transformation, which means we all have to be fearless in asking our Lord to heal what's been wounded, to restore us to life, to make us a new creation in Him. To give to us what we haven't received. And it's not selfishness. It's simply making a claim on what our Lord wants to give us already. He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so we have to be fearless about praying for the restoration and healing of our marriages and our families. Asking our Lord to bring healing when we find ourselves in sickness. Asking our Lord to love us with the love that we never received from our parents when we were growing up. All those things are the gifts that our Lord wants to give to us. To follow the example of Jairus and this woman who were transformed through the love of our Lord, whose stories bear witness even 2,000 years later to the power of Christ who entered into the world to restore things and to make all things new. 
And so today let us pray that we fearlessly will present ourselves to our Lord. That we'll fearlessly ask him to heal everything that needs healing in our hearts. To restore the broken relationships in our lives. That we may know the joy that he has intended for us from all eternity. And radiate that joy to each person we encounter. <laughs>